2: And Shauna Podcast, your daily download of X92 Nights, X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Homes,
1: offering affordable
2: customization on your new home. It's
1: Thursday, January 25th, 2024.
2: I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna.
1: Welcome to the Beckler and Shauna Piss Cast. Thank we uh, had a good show today. Yeah. It's a little longer because we chat with Shane Wenzel, the president and CEO of Shane Homes at the end. Yeah. So if you have an interest in housing, building homes, House trends, any of that sort of thing, like I do. Uh, You'll probably find our chat with him to be interesting. Um, I get to go to the Kananaskis Nordic Spa today, Shauna.
2: Which is awesome.
1: My wife, McKenna, won this fitness challenge at work, and she got um, a trip to the Nordic Spa, so we're going out there today. I've never been. Heard it's like a world-class facility. No, I've never been either, and I've been dying to go. I mean, Kananaskis is absolutely beautiful. It's really nowhere nicer, so... It uh, should be good. It's going to be a nice day. You Get to go sit in the hot pools and cold pools and steam rooms. And... Greg,
2: yes. Yeah. I'm so I'm a big sauna person over here myself. Big hot hot cold person. Big cold plunge Love person as well. So hot tub sauna steam rooms. Yeah, yeah. Really getting into it, as you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, I, I fully approve that message. Well, I'll report back and tell Please you how do. it
1: was. On today's show, we got small town news. Another one of these playground games that you may have forgotten about from your youth, if you had the same ones we did. Something both of our high schools had. I was listening to an interview with a a former tobacco lawyer for the tobacco companies, and he revealed some information about how those those companies continue to make more money than they've ever made before. The return of a segment you haven't heard in a while. The most irritating TV characters. That and more after your out of context clip. Podcast. Part of the show, Jamie, has heard me talking about all the problems with my truck right now. Yeah. Uh And he sent me this, this song I'd never heard before. This is by Sir Mix-A-Lot. Oh. It's called My Hoopty. And it's my all... My Hoopty? Of, it's all, so I guess a Hoopty is a crappy car. Oh, okay. And I'd never
2: heard that me before. Me neither. That's amazing, it's though. I super like it. Funny. Yeah, big fan.
1: And he just sings about everything that's wrong with his vehicle. Um, and it this song actually predates baby god back by three years oh, wow and this is the one I think sir a lot should have been famous for but I'll just play you part of it here my 50 rolling, tailpipe dragging, don't work and my girl keeps nagging. Six, Buick, keep rolling one hubcap, cause three got <laughs> oh I
2: love this
1: uh, and then there's this line here I love this In line my break, it back window with the bubble in the middle, you know, like when the tin starts to peel and it's all oh, bubbled, yeah. so, <laughs> so he's start- that's so specific, oh, that's beautiful, you have to have driven a crappy car to know that
2: oh, now I want to write a song about my old crap box,
1: <laughs> the way this music video starts he's like it's like it reminds us of the old days back when everyone was broke, you got us rolling a hoopty, Is what he says, oh my so- God. <laughs>
2: Everyone is very much <laughs> broke right now So more Hoopties More Hoopties Lots of um, Hoopties on the road these days
1: And then my favorite part of the song is where Nobody wants to take ownership over the Hooptie Like they're all pretending like it's each other
2: it back window with a so. bubble in the middle
1: Whose car is it? Posse won't say We all play playing off when you look our way Rolling for a deep tie Smoke up the block Gotta roll this fucking Cause my business in a shop
2: My hooptie. That is Great. phenomenal <laughs> my ho- Yes. Nobody will own i up love to it. it i love it but it's the only vehicle that any of them clearly <laughs> yeah. have so you should own up to it you're the it's only a, one it's a hoopty uh, oh i'm driving that. a hoopty right now for My sure god that's great <laughs> the beckler and shauna podcast someone brought up kimmy from full house recently and uh i got thinking about just how irritating kimmy from full house was do you kimmy remember kimmy Gibler. Yeah, just look at her. I mean, everything about her. Just and that was kind of the joke, right? That was the joke.
1: She, when she came over to the house, Danny was, was like,
2: Ugh. Absolutely. You know, like, <laughs> but and every time I would just, I remember being annoyed by her myself growing up. <laughs> she played the role well. She sure <laughs> did. She nailed it. Uh, but then I got thinking about other irritating TV show characters. Okay. Mm, and I was like, who would be in your top five of most irritating TV show characters in my there. top five or we could just do the goat if you wanted to just get down to the the, the beans of it there I could
1: give you a few names okay. I don't know if I could give you a full top five or okay, necessarily pin down a goat yeah
2: yeah sorry like who would be in, in the mix of people that you would have the discussion about well
1: or? I would say like Urkel's got to be on the list yeah but the funny thing about Urkel is that He wasn't, he was just meant to be, like, a side character. Yeah. And I think in the first season of Family Matters, he's just, like, the weird neighbor kid. And then he became, like, a central point of the show as it went on. And it's funny,
2: because he, again, was intended to be annoying, but he didn't really annoy me that much. Like, that was his character, right? But I was just like, "Ah, I'll give him a pass. It's fine. You know what I mean? That was the bit, right? Yeah, That (laughs) that is the thing, is that he's annoying. So I'm like, yeah. I mean, even, like, Sheldon. You know, people talk about how he's really annoying. Yeah. Uh, he a little more so is actually annoying, but also, of course, that's the intention, right? He's supposed to be an annoying nerd from Big Bang Theory. Um, I
1: would say Randall from Recess. Oh, um, yeah. He's like the playground narc. Yeah. That guy's such a rat. Mm-hmm. And you just know when the gang's having fun that
2: Randall's going to try to ruin it for them. Any narcs in anything, yep. immediately, I'm just <laughs> like, nope. What a rat. Absolutely. Randall? Um. Ross Geller from Friends. Oh, man, what a downer. Hey. Like, hi. Again, he's not intended to necessarily be annoying, but he really <laughs> was. Like, he's one who genuinely started to annoy me over time. Like, I was just like, okay, stop. Yeah. It's kind of like the Eeyore of Friends. For you sure. Know? I'm,
1: I'm Ross. And then I think Monica would have been the annoying one on yeah, the, of the girls, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people would say Skyler from Breaking Bad. Okay. But I think that all has to do with the framing of the show, because if you take a step back, you're like, that woman went through hell. Yeah. And she had a right to behave the way that she did. But because you're you're viewing the whole thing through Walter's perspective, yep. she comes across as very annoying. You're
2: right. Uh, another one is Piper from, from Orange is the New Black. Mm, yeah. And <laughs> she was just one who, as that show went along, you just started to really, really Dislike her more. Doesn't like,
1: she kind of get put in her place a few times by the other?
2: Which then you women?
1: want that. You're cheering right. for them. Yeah.
2: So again, maybe intentional, but she's one that, yeah, over time I almost wanted to not watch the show anymore because I was like, I don't like you anymore. And I started oh. out liking her. So,
1: we got a few texts here. I don't know if we missed this, but like Janice from Friends.
2: Okay. That's, Here's the <laughs> that's thing.
1: That's her role. It
2: was just her voice though. Like it, she had that. Oh no, sir, not Janice. Well, oh, that's her voice too, actually. Thinking, you're yeah, right. You're thinking of Janice. Yeah, I was thinking Fran. Fran is the other one with the voice. I Get everybody the mixed really out. that was I also do mentioned, <laughs> Fran and Janice. I always, mix. Okay. I thought it was. Is it not the same woman? Is it the same? woman? I don't know. Franis, maybe <laughs> well, that's it's Franis.
1: That's the goat yes. right there. Franis
2: and Shauna <laughs> podcast.
1: I got an ad for an underwear company called Tommy John. Okay, and I was like, okay, well, first of all, that's the surgery pitchers get on their elbow. Yep, so uh, that's interesting a strange choice, <laughs> choice of name there. Yep. Uh, Secondly, this company is advertising their patented quick draw, quick draw fly. And I didn't read too far into that, but I Your quick draw fly. That's right. So the ad pointed out that many cuts of Gitch, they didn't say Gitch, that's my word, have a a vertical fly, which you'll be familiar with, got a pair of Y fronts. Yep. And that most premium underwear these days uh, don't have a fly at all. If you think about brands like Saks and stuff, they don't have a fly. So this Tommy John company, their fly is horizontal and it's meant for quick draw. Okay. I was like, how quickly do you need to be getting your piss weasel out? That's
2: exactly like what is going on with your life where you have to, why do we need a quick draw fly? Don't know.
1: This isn't, this isn't the wild West where you're like, ha.
2: yeah. (laughs) What kind of tools are we dealing
1: with here? Good question. Is this for five-year-olds who almost piss themselves regularly? Yeah. What adult male needs to expedite their wiener to the point that, current gitch aren't working. You know? There's
2: my kilt lifter. Right there. <laughs> that is an odd, odd... Th- yeah, that is strange. <sighs> when is when is there a time... Don't know. When do when you have to count down when you put your long John Silver out there? That is very weird.
1: I'm really stretching here to try to think about I don't, a situation in which...
2: Honestly, no.
1: You need to get the old goblin finger out that quickly, but...
2: Oh, no, that's just it, right? Ah, <laughs> here it is. Hi. Here's my ham candle. You weren't expecting it, but... No. <laughs> get it odd. out. Get it out
1: faster than a, than a Red Bull pit stop. Yeah, look, look at this. my fork sword. Ha-ha.
2: There it we're, is, and we're gone. Before you even know it, is it there literally it is. just for flashers, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's the only reason. That's it. One minute fully closed, yep. next minute whip ah! it out back in. Oh, you didn't even know. Meat whip. Look it's at out. this. Look at this. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Well, it's getting real slushy out there. And soupy. Oh, so soupy. Just it's soupy just a mess. mess. Uh, and it's going to get worse this weekend as these temperatures Ugh. continue. It's just going to be a complete disaster.
1: I love the nice weather, but uh, a dirty vehicle like that just kills you me. You can't Shana. keep
2: anything clean. Nope. Everything. It's just, and that's going to again for quite some time. It's going to be like this. So brace yourself. Vehicles, shoes, the bottom of your pants, your yourself, your face, everything just dirty. Okay, your everything floor, about it. Your, floors of businesses. Dirt, 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 dirt. Your dirt, children, dirt, dirty, dirty. Uh, I was everything. thinking maybe though to help is. This is a bit of a stretch. Do you think we could make the slush sexy, Beckler?
1: Ah, make yes, this? definitely. Just to
2: make it so that all of us can be a little, feel a little better about what's about to happen over the next little while here.
1: I'm coming at this specifically from the angle of uh, of a vehicle okay. in the slush.
2: amazing, great. Because
1: that's what hurts me the most, what I'm hurts a my heart. generic
2: more so, but sure. we we'll see how it goes. you want to make uh, make the slush sexy. sexy? Ooh,
1: there's fluid everywhere. Ooh. Washer fluid. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> You're just so dirty. So filthy.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's all up in your undercarriage. You'll have to get the wand right up in there and spray it around.
2: Oh, it's just so salty. You might want to wash your pants. That might stain.
1: Mm. The hotter (laughs) it gets,
2: the sloppier it gets. (sighs) Oh. If you get too close to my jalopy, I might get you wet. <laughs> mm, the splash, <laughs> right? The splash. The Podcast.
1: I was listening to the most interesting interview this week with a guy who used to be a lawyer for some of the big tobacco companies.
2: Okay. That would be interesting.
1: He would know some stuff.
2: Holy. Eh?
1: So they were talking about how despite losing over half of their customers... Tobacco companies are making way more money today than they ever have. And that doesn't make sense.
2: Well, I mean, if you up the cost of, of darts enough, then it does. Well, that's that's one of
1: the reasons. But they got into some of the reasons why these companies are making so much money compared to what, what they used to make, even when everybody used to smoke. That's same. And now most people don't smoke. Nope. But I used to say most people here don't smoke. In other parts of the world, people still smoke pretty heavily. There's there's big markets other than this one. Um, But they said one of the big reasons is that when marketing of tobacco products was outlawed, they just pocketed that that marketing budget. So the millions and millions of dollars that they would spend on billboards and magazine ads and sponsoring auto racing teams is just into their profit now. Wow. And that's not a huge deal for the tobacco companies, which brings us to reason number two, that they're making so much money is that they don't really need to market because there's no competition. The big companies can't market, but neither can anybody else. Right. So the companies that establish themselves as the big brands in cigarettes, they are always going to be the big brand in cigarettes because like this lawyer said, if a new cigarette company came on the market, there's literally no way to tell you about it. You can't even have it sitting on the counter in a store. You wouldn't know if a new tobacco company launched today.
2: Well, and that's why, I mean, again, my my conspiracy about this is vapes are just the tobacco companies trying to find another vehicle to drive nicotine into you to buy their products, right? And vapes were always like started as being marketed as smoking cessation devices mm-hmm. so they could market those.
1: It's got a whole new generation hooked on vaping. Well, they 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 touched a bit on vaping, and he didn't seem to think that's the reason why they're making so much money.
2: Um, I mean, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's a it's a pretty, I think, believable conspiracy. Um, They said he said the biggest reason that they make so much money is like you said, just what they're able to charge for cigarettes now. So when you used to be able to get a pack for under a buck, now a pack is like twenty bucks. And he said every time the government has tacked on a different tax on tobacco for uh, you know to, re- to to as a deterrent or oh. to you know boost the health system which smokers use disproportionately the tobacco companies have at the same time ratcheted up their prices yeah. so a new tax comes on cigarettes they'll add a little bit more to their price and everyone blames the
2: government and not the tobacco companies for raising prices this is why I think that anything that's addictive is should just be outlawed completely because it's all about addiction. The reason that people keep paying these prices is because they're so addicted to nicotine. So it's like any other drug, right? Like if you can market something that is this addictive, that's where it's terrifying. You think anything that's addictive should be outlawed? Well, sorry. I mean, but... Tobacco, booze,
1: food, shopping, sex, gambling. But you
2: know what I mean, right? When it comes to... I don't... Sorry. I don't mean that it should be outlawed. But when it comes to something like this that's this bad for you, this is the problem, right? Is that it's so addictive that doesn't matter. They can keep driving prices up and people are going to keep paying it even though it's so bad for you.
1: Mhm. There's got to be a breaking point though.
2: Yeah. Like if you're a pack a day smoker
1: right now and a pack is almost 20 bucks, like that is a $600 a month habit. Yeah. You could buy a pretty nice car for 600 bucks a month, couldn't you? So if a pack one day is 50 bucks or 100 bucks, will people still smoke? I think or they'll get
2: more and more desperate as to how they're going to figure out how to get that nicotine.
1: I don't think straight up outlawing it is the answer.
2: No. Because we know that prohibition typically... Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't goes, work. Yeah. But... Find a black market where Terry could get his darts cheaper, that's for sure. It's got to be
1: one of the only industries in the whole world that can lose most of its customers and make way more money. Yeah. It's terrifying.
2: The Beckler and Shana Podcast.
1: We got a message from Friend of the Show, Mason, who said my conspiracy theory is that this radio show is secretly funded by Big Tobacco. <laughs> Can't go a day without talking about smoking. I find I see it more in shows and movies now than ten years ago. Interesting. Um, well, I'm gonna chalk up the smoking mentions on this show, many of them to Terry. It's true, yeah. If you took away the instances we talked about Terry smoking, I don't think there'd be
2: a ton of smoking chat. No, there'd be a heck of a lot less. <laughs> Terry. Terry's hard of the darts. Yeah, he's very hard of the darts. And just recently, I mean, you were listening to an interview by a dude that, you know... Worked in tobacco. Working in tobacco. So that's a, a one-off that we were talking about as well. But yes. yeah, we don't often talk about darting unless it's with Terry. Terry just loves the darts, okay?
1: just a minute, we're going to talk about smoking again, which we Mason's are, yeah. not going to like. But the, Nope. <laughs> again, it's just the way that... The, it's just the way the cook out today. Yeah. We are not funded by big tobacco. I promise. It's funny that Mason says he sees it more in TV and, and movies now than he used to though, because I don't know, I would say it's probably the opposite. I mean if, if it's a if it's a period piece, if it's set in a time when smoking was common, you kinda
2: have to. Although I think no, I agree with him. I think like we went through a phase where there was it was like completely banned from all movies and stuff, and now it is coming back a little bit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've found that as well. I don't know why.
1: You know, I just—I said I just watched that movie Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I found somewhat unconvincing about the movie is because I think it, I think it was a Disney movie, so they're going to clean it up a little. Of course, yeah. But this movie is set in the 1970s in a real blue-collar neighborhood in Philadelphia where a lot of the characters are factory workers and stuff, and nobody swears and nobody smokes yeah. in the movie. And I'm like...
2: Come That'll on. take
1: you out of it. Come on, that's like, not true at all. Actually, in, the, in Philly in the 1970s, in like in the in a blue collar neighborhood, like, you would even be able to see the smoke the, would have seriously. Oh yeah, smoke would have been so thick in the air. Be a plume above them. Every second word would be the effort. Yeah, like you totally. Kind of took. Kind of. I wasn't able to suspend my disbelief beyond that. But the Beckler and of podcast is not brought to you by Big Tobacco. It's brought to you by Shane Holmes. Uh, still to come on this show, our conversation with. CEO and president of Shane Holmes, Shane Wenzel, who I find to be a, an interesting fellow. Yeah. enjoyed chatting with him. Totally. So if you have an interest in houses, stick around till the end and you can hear us chat with Shane for about 12 minutes or so.
2: Shane Holmes. The better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Did you have a smoker's pit at your high school, Beckler? We sure did, yeah. And was it called the smoker's pit? Is that what you referred to it as? It was called the butt lounge. Amazing. <laughs> You called it the Butt Lounge? That's just whatever.
1: I didn't. That's what everybody called Hilarious. it. Hilarious. I just I uh, inherited that when I got to the school. That's amazing. My mom went to the same high school. I should ask if it was called the Butt Lounge when she went there. Butts and butts? Butt
2: Lounge is super funny, that too. That is amazing. I don't know just why Parker I haven't laughed Keister that the before. Butt lounge. I can't believe that that's not come up before. <laughs> Step into the Butt Lounge. Come here. along, along to the Butt Lounge. <laughs> No, we just called it the Smoker's Pit and all the cool kids would be there, you know, and all the bad, bad kids would be there as well. It wasn't
1: the cool kids for us.
2: Really? No. Mm. Yeah, it was a mixture of no. both, depending. But yeah, it was the bad, bad kids or the cool kids, depending mm-hmm. on the time of day, which is also very strange. We'd rotate who goes into the Smoker's Pit, I suppose. It shifts. But it's funny because I was like down the street, I passed a high school and a bunch of the kids were vaping. And I was like, I assume that you're not allowed to smoke on school property anymore.
1: Well, you couldn't smoke on school property at my high school's either. Oh, cool. The, the butt lounge was across the street.
2: Oh, no, yeah. no. Ours was right on school property. Oh, really? I they guess had, you
1: did go to that school in Brampton, the though. The terrifying
2: school. <laughs> they had more important things to worry about, like the stabbings and everything else that went on there. So, yeah, they just were like, fine, smoke on, Darton proper, nobody cares. In fact, some of the arts teachers would go and they'd, they'd smoke in the smoke pit with the kids with sometimes. With the kids? With the kids, yeah.
1: I remember, yeah, there was like the butt lounge and then just down the street from there uh, one of the teachers would pace back and forth and smoke. He was—he's was one of the only ones who smoked at the school, I think, or oh, at least wow. in front of everyone. But you'd be sitting in class, and you'd see him walking back and forth, hacking one. Oh my and god, they'd that's see all the,
2: funny! All the dart kids over there. I swear, one of the art teachers used to smoke weed in the smoke pit as well, pretend she wasn't. She was a bit loopy though. She was. I don't think she was. She's an art teacher. Fully present at any point. Yeah, Miss Melnick. She had big bottle can as well. Uh, Also, my big crush used to be in the smoke pit. That was the big thing. Really, I remember when he first arrived to the school. Mike was his name. He used to wear mod robes, and then he had two (laughs) long bangs that were like fangs on either side of his head. Wow. Yeah, he was. I remember when he first came. He also had the the spike belt thing. You're describing like. He'd sometimes I think even wear arm socks.
1: Do you know those? um Was it Angel Fire? Was that the web the web pages that people would make? Oh yeah. And you could have your little Angel Fire avatar. Mm-hmm. What you're describing to me is an Angel Fire avatar. Yes.
2: He also had those That's like my- the the beads, the anal beads around his neck. They weren't the what? But you know the the big beads. Do you remember the? Did you ever have the big wooden the beads the that, what? I mean, they weren't <laughs> anal beads, but they kind of looked like Come it again. Yeah. They looked like, what? did you not wear, did no. you not have the anal beads that they wore around their I neck? I wasn't part of the arm socks crew. That <laughs> was, yeah, it was something else. It was weird. Yeah. Arm socks, anal beads around your neck, and studded belts. And that what's, was part of it. Yeah. What's Mike up to these days? It's a good question, actually. Last I know, he was working at Sport Check and then he stole some stuff and then he got fired from there. I'm mm. not, sure. I don't know what he's up to these days. Okay. We'll find out though. It was good. I remember when he first came to school. I was very attracted to him. The the beads could have stayed maybe away from the
1: rest of it though. Did you consider taking up smoking so you could hang out with Mike? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I did. Yep. The Beckler and Shauna podcast.
1: Recently, for Throwback Thursday, we've been talking about playground rhymes or games from when we were growing up. Totally. Ones yep. you may have forgotten about, but I, I'm especially interested in in seeing the differences between how it was for you and how it was for me, because we grew up quite far apart yeah. in this country. Um, you can hear the the last the, so last week we did first the worst, second the best, and all the different variations of that, Yep. which if you missed could be heard on our podcast from last Thursday. But I got another one of these for you. Okay. Um, this is a, it was a bit of a playground game that was kicking around when we were young, but it was the way to give someone the shivers. Do you remember that? We'd stand behind them. And with your finger, you'd go on their back, line, line, dot, dot, Spider crawling up your spine. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one?
2: Yeah.
1: Cool breeze, tight squeeze. Yep. Now you've got the shivers. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. I, was, I, I don't know what made me think about that, but I was showing my boys and they're like, this is great. <laughs> so it still, it stands up, I guess, after all this time. Well, that's fantastic. I, I totally forgot. I think it's actually someone breathing on your neck that gives you the shivers. Yes. I don't think it's any anything. the rest of it has anything it to do with matter, it. doesn't matter, though. It's, the, <laughs> it's getting someone's oh, breath yeah. on your neck. Totally forgot about that. And was it the exact same rhyme?
2: I don't remember the rhyme. I
1: think so, though. Did you also? There there was another game that I remember from when I was young. I think my neighbor taught me this. But it was you have someone lay down, and there was like this story about how they were hiking and they fell off a cliff, and someone came along, and then they, they would like pretend to cut you open. And fill you up with rocks and then oh, sew yeah. you back up. Do you remember that? And the, the the idea was by the end of this like routine, you wouldn't be able to stand up. Right. Yep. And it, I remember it working when I was young. We tried it again recently, me and the boys, and it, it didn't work. Like you could stand up just fine. Yeah. So I don't
2: know if. Weird. But yeah, I, I vaguely remember that too. Remember that one too? Yeah. Well, that's going way back.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, we didn't have screens back then, so this is what we...
2: Yeah, we did this kind of stuff instead. <laughs> and maybe we that's kept why ourselves occupied, yeah. Maybe
1: that's why it doesn't work anymore. Maybe screens, screens have fried the children's brains. That's so. exactly it, yep.
2: The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I've got some small town news for you, Beckler. All right. Uh, one All of right. these is from the town of Tiny. I got this random sponsored thing by... Tiny? I don't even Where's know where Tiny? Tiny is. No idea, but anyway. see if I can find it. I think it's somewhere in Ontario, actually.
1: And how about the other stories?
2: Uh, the other two are from Vernon, which Vernon always just a classic place for great small town news. Uh, friend of the show, Augie, Augie has sent us some great <laughs> Vernon stories in the past. So Tiny's so small, you can't even search it. That's hilarious. Nothing comes up. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, I think
1: you're right. There is a, there it is. The community of Tiny, uh, just north of Barrie, uh, on the shore of Lake Huron. So.
2: Cool. Cool. Well, that's, that's really small. It's <laughs> super small. So here we go. Small town news with Beckler and Shauna. Our top story this evening: the town of Tiny has launched an exciting new initiative. You can now adopt a fire hydrant, meaning you can help by clearing the snow by your nearest fire hydrant.
1: The new, the pool and gym in Vernon are reporting tens of new visits. <laughs> there were 22 new signups recently, a new record for the facility. <laughs>
2: That's big. (laughs) And the garbage truck is stuck. Terry says he's offering up driving lessons for the garbage man, Jerry, who clearly doesn't know how to drive a truck in winter. The Beckler and Shauna podcast.
1: At what point do you think time surpasses money as the most valuable resource in a person's life? And you could take that question however you want in terms of... When you're dying? Age or wealth or... (laughs) Well, I think it happens long before that. The reason the reason I thought about this, I was reading a thread about billionaires and this one quote was talking about how they they view life through the lens of time. Everything makes sense. Yeah. is about what saves them time or what costs them time and they're willing to pay steep prices for things that t- save them time. Mm-hmm. And anything that wastes their time is just completely detestable.
2: Yeah, I mean if if money is no object then you'd absolutely shift your focus as to things that would give you more time. Right. It makes perfect and, sense, yeah. And time is the thing that you can't get more
1: of. Yep. So, I and I think this I personally think this transition happens for many people throughout their lives uh, provided you reach a point where you kind of have enough money to be comfortable.
2: And that's just it, I was going to say that's when it shifts, I think, when okay. you have enough money to be comfortable have you reached that point yourself is time more valuable to you than money right now it's funny because prior to this last couple of years i kind of felt that way like there was a lot of things that i was doing to get more time especially because my family is all over the country so my sister is in Vancouver, my parents are in Toronto, my boyfriend's in Saskatchewan. So Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, yeah, time was so important. And it's so hard to juggle trying to see everybody that I love in my life, because everyone's spread out so much. So I was doing a lot of things to try and get more time. And I was always like, man, I actually maybe would prefer to have more days off than more money right now just to be able to see my family. Uh, But then things have gotten so expensive lately (laughs) that I kind of am shifting back a bit. And I'm like, oh, no, I need a little extra cash, though, to be able to do that, So um, I've shifted a bit back the other way. That's just, wild. Yeah. I wouldn't have often thought it went the other way. But no. you're right. Things
1: have become so expensive that I wonder if that's true for many people. Yeah. Because I've never crossed that threshold myself. And right. maybe it's because I have, you know, three people depending on me as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. But f- for me, I will sacrifice time to make money. Even, even right now, I use my free time to try to make more money often.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I will waste time attempting to fix things myself as opposed to just paying someone to fix it. Yeah. Because the money is worth more to me than the time right now.
2: And it's picking and choosing where you're spending your money too, right? Like I'll do that type of thing uh, to save money in that way so that I can afford to, again, go see like family or something. Okay. So So you're almost like borrowing from somewhere else? right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, I won't spend money on pairs of pants, go shopping (laughs) all the time for clothing that I don't need because that's money that I'd rather use elsewhere, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but time, I mean... It is. As you get older, I think it becomes more and more important, especially as your parents, for example, get older as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of put things into perspective a little more and go, oh, maybe we should spend more time with the people we love.
1: And like you said, as you get older and, you know, the end becomes, and I I don't want to say insight even, but just maybe something that you don't think about when you're younger. Yeah. Then you could see that resource depleting. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of a beautiful thing that that is the, that everybody has the same amount of time Yep. in in a day, not well, in life. Yeah. yeah. But I was going to say in a day, like it doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are. You can't buy a single extra second in a day. No, nope. we're all bound by the same time and we're all going to die. We are. And that's kind of nice when you think about it.
2: <laughs> Beckler and Shawna podcast. Friend of the show, Paul sent me one of what might be one of the worst white girl sayings we've seen in a while, Beckler.
1: I have one. Can I share this one first? Please, of I, I think yours Absolutely. is probably worse, but I just saw this one the other day. And said, Great. The, this was just posted to a friend's Instagram. The difference between a flower and a weed is judgment. Oh. So wow, we're, all we're all flowers. We're all flowers, but in the eyes of some people. We're weeds.
2: You know, I got to be honest. Like dandelions, they're considered weeds. But as a kid, I thought they were quite nice looking. Okay,
1: it's in the eye of the beholder, Sean. It really
2: is. Judgment
1: is the only difference between a flower and a weed.
2: Beautiful Beckler.
1: (laughs) That was lovely. That was beautiful. That was really moving. My God. Wow. What do
2: you have? Uh, Oh, here it is. Okay, ready for it? Yeah. I ran twice today. First, I ran out of wine. Then I ran to get more. Oh, yeah, just, that's, that's, oh, oh, no! My, why? No! Oh,
1: that's bad.
2: Oh, that's just like it. our it physically hurts. That like hurts. You can just me.
1: you can hear a cackle after that, can't you? you? Can you can say- hear- <laughs> <laughs> it comes with an implied cackle.
2: Oh man. I've actually Dex. perfected my white girl cackle. I don't know if you've noticed
1: lately, but I'm really appreciating this one. The- you've been working on it at home in your, in your free time? So funny. <laughs> the
2: Beckler and Shauna Podcast.
1: In studio this morning, Shane Wenzel, the CEO and president of the Shane Holmes Group of Companies. What other companies are in the group? Because I mean, our partnership
0: is with Shane Holmes. Yes. Uh, well, we've got a couple of different divisions. We've got a land division, a multifamily division, and uh, an investment division. Okay, so that's what makes up the, uh, the group of companies. Just referred to as Shane Holmes colloquial? <laughs>
1: it could basically yeah. be that. <laughs> uh, the last time you were in here, we had a good chat about kind of the, the housing situation in the city. And mm-hmm. actually, uh, my dad heard our interview
0: and he said, Sh- Shane has a great voice. Oh, here so we go again.
2: You, yeah. yeah. You have a voice
0: for radio. I have a voice for radio. That's How great. about the midnight voice? Yeah. The late night voice. The late night voice.
1: So Shane, I have never built a new ho- a new home. Shauna, you haven't either. Nope. Can you walk us through that process? I'm sure it's a very exciting process for someone who has decided to, to do a new build. But what does that look like start to finish?
0: You know what? It's an exciting process, but it's also a stressful process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know. I, t- I tend to get caught up in, you know, what they want in the home and uh, and more so than ever. Uh, I go back in time to uh, when I started in the business and it almost seemed like people were buying houses simply for resale. Right. Nowadays, I, I like to say that they live in it. And like they didn't that, think of it as the place they were going to live in, but just what its value was down there. Very road. neutral colors and, you know, having the right rooms. Whereas now they customize it and they create more of what they want to live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's been a significant shift, but it also adds to a little bit of the stress. But to start off, they, uh, you know, they should go through uh, their banks and get pre-approved for their mortgage. Uh, I think uh, last time I checked, they needed about $135,000 to qualify for a $500,000 mortgage. And that's provided they can pass the stress test as well. Mm-hmm. I would never recommend anybody go uh, to the maximum. You know, if you're approved for five hundred, start at four hundred. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll cover you for any increases that may happen in, uh, in interest rates. But they'd show up in a show home. They, uh, they would meet with uh, a salesperson and they would start constructing the deal. Or they could start on our website online and start planning out the lot and the home right there and then show up in the show home where the salespeople have access to that information. And they know exactly where they want to start. But once they go through that uh, process with the salesperson, uh, we're able to give them some final pricing, mm-hmm. which goes back through, uh, through our office for approval through the sales manager. And once that's approved, then they're ready to go. We start drawing a plan and putting together their dream home.
1: And from that moment, or I guess from the moment that they first get in touch with you to the moment that they
0: turn the key and open the, the door to their new house, what is, that, what is that time frame? That time frame right now is, uh, is about nine months. Oh, wow. Used to be about six to seven at most, but uh, the times are the times. So it takes a little bit longer to construct it and construct it properly. Mm-hmm.
2: When it comes to cost and, you know, you say you you give a, a a figure on how much this is going to cost. What's the leeway on that? Like, give or take when somebody is told this is how much it's going to cost mm-hmm. versus what it turns out to be like.
0: Well, we're we're a little more unique that way. We uh, we guarantee our pricing. Okay. So our salespeople have been with us uh, a fairly long time, and they're very confident in the figures that they're giving. You know, a lot of this is uh, has been uh, pre-designed through our through our purchasing team. So when they put together the uh, the final price on the home, and it goes in for approval, once it's approved, there's no surprises. That's, That's really the nice. Price.
2: Because, you know, when you hear about everything else that's being built and mm-hmm. there's always cost overruns, so mm-hmm. you'd assume that with a house it would be the same, but oh, cool.
1: And how quickly the market is changing too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, when it comes
0: to picking a location, what are the important factors that you look for? Uh, well, in a neighbourhood, a lot of people want the amenities that are going to accommodate their family or their growing family. You know, so they're looking for, uh, for lots of parkway systems, uh, access to shopping, uh, transit. Is, is an important uh, factor nowadays and uh, easy access to work. But I think as we've proven over the last couple of years, there are some jobs that can be done remotely. So that, uh, that plays a part in it as well. Are you seeing any
1: changes to the floor plans, the design of the house itself in response to the work from home
0: movement? All the time. Yeah. All the time. I have seen uh, homes constructed on corner lots where people have moved an entire business into the basement And only because they can uh, they can get the parking allowed for uh, for home based home based business. That's smart.
2: Uh, Can you get a can you get a lower mortgage rate on a a new home build over resale?
0: Usually you can. Yes. The banks have uh, have shown up with uh, some special rates just to get just to entice people to uh, to use their their bank uh, over their uh, their home bank. Wow. Interesting. We've talked a lot um, just on our podcast about the affordable customization
1: that Shane Holmes offers. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to kind of think about the possibilities and, you know, what you're into. So Shauna, for example, is a snowboarder. And we talked about maybe like a decked out boot room for all of her gear and stuff, right? Or what what are the coolest things that you've seen
0: people do utilizing Shane Holmes' affordable customization? You know, there's a lot of different things that people want in their home. And that's why I go back to my comment earlier on about, customizing it the way they want it. They're living in their homes now. Uh, We have spice kitchens designed into our homes because in Northeast Calgary, that is a very important component. But I've seen people put together mini hockey rinks (laughs) in their basement. That's awesome. I've seen people put together, believe it or not, you know, a sound studio or a podcast room in their home. It's just become a very popular item.
2: So if you're looking to build a home and you're looking to maybe save a little bit of money in one thing or the other, what would be okay to maybe cut or to save a little money on? And what would be something that you definitely don't want to
0: cut or save a bit of money on? To cheap out on? Yeah, to cheap out on. (laughs) Is there anywhere to cut when you're trying to build your dream home? It's a tough one, but I will say this. People generally focus on the visual items, Yeah. So they're always focusing on a kitchen or a bathroom or a very special room in their home. Cutting, if they're cutting anything, it's what's hidden behind the walls. They're not as focused on what's behind the walls. And there's a a lot of energy efficient items, a lot of technology that can go in there nowadays, but those seem to come secondary versus those visual items that I just mentioned.
2: And would you recommend that, though? Or would you say, like,
0: is there something that you'd say, don't cut, like, cut costs on this, don't try and... I would say don't cut costs on, uh, on energy efficiency. Yeah. I would maintain it as much as you could. Uh, and it's got to be within reason. I mean, There's certainly, uh, I can show you different ways to add about $50,000 behind the walls, <laughs> but you're likely not going to see a return on that in the time that you have the home.
1: On your social media account, Shane, you're always posting uh, these interesting videos related to your industry, and you, you did one just the other day uh, talking about how someone might decide what, like, what customizations they want in their house, and you had a pretty good tip for how to approach that.
0: Yes. It, well, it, I just think they've really got to come up with that list, and they've got to determine what's important to them. I, I'm going through this process right now with, uh, with my husband, and uh, we've spent six, 12 months just noting all those very important items that we want in our new home because I call it the last home. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> it's just the best thing that you could possibly do because there's nothing worse than getting into the process saying should have, could have, would have.
2: How do you know if you have a builder that's right for you? Like how do you know that that's, you know, there's a relationship there mm-hmm. that's good? You know what, that,
0: that's a difficult one. I, it really comes down to the individual, but uh, like anything... It's a relationship that you build right up front with the salesperson. You have to start there, and you have to believe in the values that the company has. You want it to align with, uh, with you exactly, and you know, that's how people make a lot of their decisions with who to proceed with. Again, it helps that we have some very long-term salespeople who have been with the company for a long time. They. Yeah, you know, they they make you feel a part of the family, and that's really our goal. At the end of the day, we uh, we want you to come back, and uh, we want you to feel comfortable with dealing with that person. We've talked a lot about the housing crisis on our show. How how busy is the company right now? Like how <sighs> how many homes are you building currently? We're going to build about six hundred this year. We could probably do twelve hundred, but we just wow. don't have the capacity with our trade base. We don't uh, we don't foresee that changing anytime soon. So was, the
1: limitation is the, the tradespeople available to you. The trade base is what's holding everything back. Because yeah. that was the topic of another one of your videos recently. You were encouraging young people to consider
0: the trades to replace these tradespeople that are age, aging out and retiring. Well, that, that's the greatest opportunity facing this generation. They have an opportunity to step in they, and, and get into the trades and quite possibly take over their businesses, their accounts. So you don't even need the, uh, the skill, but you could be one hell of an entrepreneur and you have an opportunity to pick up an aging business that uh, that needs to continue on.
1: Are there specific specific trades where you're especially seeing shortages? because you know I remember being seventeen, eighteen, coming out of high school and thinking, maybe I do want to consider a trade, but which one? So are you seeing more opportunity in specific trades than others from your perspective?
0: There could be a few more than others, but uh, you know like framers are uh, are, are always in demand. Uh, um, HVAC. Okay. Mm -hmm. Electricians. Uh, But it it covers the whole broad spectrum. We have a ton of opportunities in every field of the company, even with what we look at internally with purchasers, uh, drafting design, interior designers. There's lots of opportunities there and there's a lot of voids to fill.
2: When it comes to interest rates, do you have any predictions on when that might go down a little bit when the interest rates might help? And is that going to increase the demand for housing
0: or? Well, every prediction that I've had the last three years has been wrong. So (laughs) I'd just be lying at this point, but I do believe that they're going to have to come down this year with the, uh, the rapid pace that they increased them last year. It had Mm -hmm. the opposite effect, didn't it? Yeah. You know, everything just went up and it, uh, and what it really did was it, uh, it increased well, it it created a panic more than anything amongst buyers to get into the market before the interest rates go out of sight. Right. But I do believe that they're going to come down this year. Yeah. So any time is a good time to buy, but uh, sitting there waiting for uh, for what could happen, I wouldn't recommend it. And even if interest rates come to come down, it sure doesn't
1: seem like demand is going to come down no. anytime soon because there are just so many people... Who want to move here
0: all the time? Yeah. That's the challenge. Uh, when you when you throw that much immigration at a country, and we're not built for that, uh, we're missing key infrastructure all over the place. You know, and Calgary is no uh, no exception to the rule. You need to uh, you need to curb that in order to uh, to bring things back in line. And until then, you're going to see pricing increase. Right. Well, maybe
1: if all your predictions have been wrong, Shane, you could make a prediction, and then we'll just go the opposite okay <laughs> okay
0: things are gonna slow down
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Shane Wenzel is the CEO and president of the Shane Holmes group of companies uh, thank you again for your time and of course for your sponsorship of this podcast so appreciate it
0: thank you for having me thanks so much Shane
2: you've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast
1: brought to you by Shane Holmes offering affordable customization on your new home you want more then
2: tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's alternative X92.9 my Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna download it daily to whatever device you use. Later. X
1: After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome. It allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, they're going to say
0: Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.